Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, and the phone lines are officially open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. And the phone lines are open. Uh, they're usually wide open in the beginning of the program. And if you're listening right now to my voice, you call and get an open line. You'll be on the air. 303-690-3000. Calvary Live originates uh, every day at this time from live from Calvary in Aurora, the Grace FM Studios. It's heard on the Hope FM network throughout Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. It's also heard on the Truth FM network, and Truth FM is heard in Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, and it's also heard on the Grace FM radio network. Um, That's throughout um, Wyoming, some parts of Nebraska, Colorado, and of course online or on the app, wherever you might be. Thousands upon thousands of downloads have uh, people have ta- downloaded our app, our free app. And I encourage you to do it, to take both the church and the radio station on the road with you. Uh, that That is on your app store, no matter what device you're using. And just put in the words, Calvary Aurora, Calvary Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A. And both the apps will pop up. They're free. Download them, put them on your phone. Um, they're great to listen to when Grace FM doesn't come in clear in your neighborhood, uh, when you might be uh, in a place where the the antenna is not working, you can use it, your phone. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. Wide open lines today. 303-690-3000. 720-336-0897. We are, we're back in... The book of Second Kings and our Bible study tonight at Calvary. Uh, we have Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, so if your church does not, or you're a part of Calvary uh, home, Aurora as your home church, come on out tonight. Add to your spiritual life, especially in the summertime. Add to your spiritual life another time of gathering together with the saints. We we pray together, worship together, have communion together, study the Bible together, and fellowship together. And uh, doors open at six p.m. Study. Bible, or the service starts at 7 p.m., and we're usually done by 8.30, and uh, we do our best to stay on time the best that we can, um, and we're studying the Bible book of Second Kings verse by verse. So we started in this little series of ours in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. We'll go to First and Second Chronicles as well, and then not quite sure where we're going to go from there. We might tackle all the small um, minor prophets. Uh, because they're smaller books and we can knock them out. 
uh, within the historical framework of what we just studied. So um, we're in the in the book of Second Kings tonight, 7 p.m., Calvary Aurora. You can go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or you can, uh, you can watch online there. You can listen on the radio live uh, through the Grace FM app. And then, of course, you guys on the East Coast are in a different time zone. We're on the mountain time zone, uh, so adjust your time accordingly. Uh, service starts at 7, and then uh, we are uh, studying on the weekends the book of Hebrews verse by verse. Uh, so we are uh, in Hebrews. We just started chapter 3, uh, Saturday night at 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 845, 1045, and uh, dynamic time of worship, just seeking the Lord together. It's always good. 303-690-3000. We're going to move right to the phone lines. They filled up. Uh, line 1 is Alicia in Denver. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I just have a prayer request. I think I spoke to you about a year and a half ago. I've lost um, a child, and then right after I lost a son of mine again. Um, but now God blessed me with twins, so oh, wow. it's, it's Could... kind of like, um, I don't know, like a reminder of every time that I'm going to go see my midwife. So I ah, just yes. want yeah, I just want prayer requests just um, for God to give me strength and and faith so I can see okay. my babies. Well, let's do that. Father, we pray for Alicia and her womb, God, that has two children uh, inside the womb, already growing, already developing, and, and as her heart's desire is, uh, so is ours, to see these babies come to full term and be delivered uh, into this world, to be raised in your ways, God, to grow in your grace and in your knowledge. And so would you put a peace upon Alicia, Lord? Uh, would you strengthen her body uh, to endure uh, the developmental stages of those babies and pour out your Holy Spirit upon her, Lord, and encourage her and strengthen her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Carol from Sedalia, Colorado. Carol, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I'm so glad to be able to get through. I listen to you every day, and um, it makes such a big difference in my life. Oh, that's encouraging. How can I help you? I am just, I'm really struggling right now with some doubt, and Mm. I don't think I would call it unbelief. Um, I feel like there's some real spiritual warfare going on. Um, just, Just some real negative thinking and lots of anxiety and dread. And I just can't help with that. Is there is there a trigger to this? Is there, um, I mean, what what is it that keeps bringing it up? Um, I'm not really sure. I think it's I think it's related to childhood um, issues okay. and um, maybe in my parents' marriage. And so you, when you dwell on your parents' marriage, it kind of messes you up today. Somewhat. Um, I just, I, I get anxious, and I think it all goes back to that childhood anxiety. Mm. Well, before I pray for you, let me give you a couple of recommendations that will help you process uh, the, the feelings that you have. Because let's, let's look at it, this for what it is. Here you are, a grown woman, uh, moving forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting Him for your salvation, but allowing... Uh, a segment of time in the past to paralyze you in the fu- in the present, and and it's an amazing thing, the power that we have, of 
choosing what we're going to think upon. And what you're experiencing is very real. It's not unusual. Um, you know, when we let our minds wander, um, and I can relate to this, different reasons, um, but, but same outcome, uh, we are not living in the moment abiding in Christ. We're not obeying right. him. And, right. and that's not meant to be condemning. It's just a reality. Uh, no, it's the I, reality I of the circumstance. That. I feel that I want to bring my thoughts and my imagination, if you will, back under Christ's control. Yes. Um, Let me give you a couple resources uh, to to get that have helped me a lot. One is a little pamphlet called Depression. Uh, It's by Margaret Ashmore. Okay. Uh, We have had her out before. Uh, She's a phenomenal Bible teacher and, and a very encouraging woman on this particular topic and then uh there is i'm trying to find it i haven't read it in a while so i'm looking at my i think i know where i can find it i got a shortcut here um another book that really helped me in this time because anxiety worry discouragement uh even depression whatever title we want to give to it all are cousins and brothers and sisters of attacks on our mind and uh let me get it here let's see it is called, um, it's also called Depression, the title, but um, the, the uh, author is Welch, W-E-L-C-H. Okay. And these are very biblical approaches to a very real mental and emotional issue uh, and sh- extremely helpful uh, in, <clears throat> in growing through and taking every thought unto captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, yeah which is what you're doing even right now while you're calling a radio show. You're reaching out for help and you're reaching out for prayer and and you're you're saying, you know what, God, I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to just sit here and think upon it. Um, I was just putting a Bible study together for a church that I'm going to be visiting not too, not too long from now. And, and, I, and this phrase from Pastor Chuck Smith keeps resonating in my mind. I know it's a... It's a real simple phrase, but sometimes the simpler truths are the ones that that really hit our hearts uh, directly. And and he said something like, haven't you noticed that the longer you look at your problem, the bigger it gets? That's the truth. And and his solution, of course, is stop dwelling on the problem. And it's a habit. You know, it's a habit. Like I told my friend today, he texts me and he's really frustrated over what he's reading on Facebook and uh, about this, the the immigration issue and the separation of children from their families and the hardship that's creating and on and on. And, and so he's on Facebook and it's flipping him out. Everybody's writing, everybody's sharing his opinion. And my advice to him was close your Facebook account um, because it's going to help him focus his mind on what's important because every time he reads his feed, he sees this guy post this and this opinion over here and this believer over there, it feeds the wrong part of his mind. And he just doesn't need that right now. I mean, who does? Which one of us do? I don't know how many people listening in that would just be willing to admit that Facebook screwed their head up. And and it, if if you took a break from it for a month, you would actually find out just how freeing it would be as you just center your mind on the Lord. And I think... How, as God sorts things out in your mind, it's an it's amazing how freeing you can be when you develop the habit of focusing and staying completely fixed on Jesus Christ moment by moment. Right. 
So let me pray for you. Thank you. Father, we do pray for our sister. I know there's many people listening in that are battling the same kind of mind games and anxiety uh, and discouragement and fear. Your word says that, God, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we just know that every time we're gripped with unrealistic anxiety, you know, uh, every thought that uh, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that we're just not where you have given us. We are not where you have promised us. And so I pray for a strength in my sister, God, that you would establish her, that you would strengthen her, and that you would fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. So do me a favor. Pick one of those books. The, the one by Ashmore is very small. You, if you do Kindle, they're on Kindle. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I think, uh, read one of them and call back, and let's talk about maybe some of the principles. I've got a, you know, because this is an area that I've really been dealing with for the last five years that was sparked by grief uh, and the loss of my son, like I have read so much on this topic, and I'm only recommending the good stuff. I'm not recommending the bad stuff uh, or the unhelpful stuff. And these two are cream of the crop resources, cream of the crop, just absolute best. And and I know Margaret personally. I've met her, prayed with her. Uh, she's become good friends with my wife. And I mean, cream of the crop resources. I deeply appreciate this. So call us back in um, you know a few weeks or so. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much for your prayer. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Isn't it true? I mean, you're listening in. You're like, oh, my gosh. Um, I'm all uh, taken up by anxiety. You know, I do. I get that way, too. Um, I have, um, for the for for my life, as an unbeliever and a believer, been a worrier. And I know it's hard to hear. You know, you're listening, and some of you are, like, so mad. How can you say that's sin? Um, I'm hurting, and I'm, hey, believe me, I... I can I I can't say I totally, but I relate to the hurt that you're going through, to the real fear and the real trigger, um, the hardship of the world and what it's done to you and what it's done to your mind and and even as our sister Carol was sharing, you know the way you were raised, uh, how you were treated. Those are all things that you know embed themselves deeply into our memory, into our psyche. They wound us deeply, and. The good news is, though, is that as deep as the wound is, is as deep as the healing will go by God. Like I don't understand sometimes why we talk ourselves out of receiving the healing of God. Why is it that we as believers, and this is a question if you want to talk about it, you can always call me. Uh, we can talk about it. But why is it that you, why is it that I will choose to believe the lie uh, and not the truth? Why is it that I'll choose a disobedient path instead of an obedient path? Why is it that I will choose to sit and wallow in uh, hurt, pain, pity, uh, whatever the emotion is that's captivated my mind for the moment? Uh, why is that? Why? Why? And, and I have an answer. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. It's called idolatry, uh, where we are choosing our own methods and our own desires and our own reason, you know, what we think is the solution instead of receiving the sufficiency that is ours through Christ Jesus, that Jesus is our sufficient, his grace is sufficient. Do you believe that? Because if you do, then the Lord will help heal you. Now, you know, don't think that, um, 
you know, that everything's going to be changed, you know, you're going to never be hurt again, you're never going to be anxious again. That's not the point. The point is learning how to live through life's issues. You remember, um, you remember what Jesus, I was just looking at this today, I posted it um, uh, on my blog, I just put a brand new article, I try to write one a week, uh, I'm not... Um, I, I, I'm not as good as I want to be on that, but I have been lately. Uh, but Jesus warned us, uh, and by the way, my blog or my website is edtaylor.org, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.org. Don't go to edtaylor.com because some professional Santa Claus owns that website, and I'm not Santa Claus, um, or at least a fake one. Um, I'm not edtaylor.org. But Jesus said this, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts, and he's speaking about the emotional part, the depth of who we are, lest the hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and you're like, oh, I don't party. Oh, I don't get drunk. Okay. Then he adds a third one, the cares of this life. Jesus warns us, be careful. Uh, The New Living Translation puts it, watch out. Don't let me find you living in careless ease and drunkenness and filled with the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware as in a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep a constant watch and pray that if possible, you may escape these horrors and stand before the Son of God. And so Jesus warned us, be careful of these cares and concerns of life. They'll get you. The worries, they will overwhelm you. And we just don't want that. We just don't want that. We want to grow in God's grace and trust Him. We want to grow and and just be filled with the Spirit, trusting God, not only for our salvation, but day to day, day to day. Um, here's a brother that texts me. He says, hey, it is the choose you this day who you will serve on a moment-by-moment basis as we're filled with God's Spirit. Isn't that the truth. That was Joshua's strong call to the people of Israel. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to choose, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. Choose you this day who you will serve, Elijah said. Choose you this day. As for me and my house, Joshua would say, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's my choice. And our choices really do lead us down one path or another. 303-690-3000. Um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Uh, We're at Tina. Tina's calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Tina, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your ministry. Thank you. I'm calling with a couple of questions and a prayer request, please. Okay. The first one I was wondering, I think, I know I've heard this, maybe the pastor's perspective before on on the show, um, about women being pastors. I go to a church right now, her husband, I mean, her husband kind of set up this Bible study, and she made mention that she feels the Lord is calling her to be a pastor, and I'm just not 100% certain in my spirit, but that's what God wants, I mean, as far as according to His Word. So I guess that's my question, your take on um, attending somewhere where if the person um, doing the study is going to be a pastor. That's my first question. Well, there are two main thoughts when it comes to women filling the role of pastor or lead elder or even elder, uh, and they're very diametrically opposed. 
Uh, one says that uh, women can uh, be when, be pastors and fulfill that role just like men. Um, there's a fancy word for that. It's called egalitarian. Uh, and then the predominant view for the the entire history of the church has been that what's known as the complementary or the complement. Uh, let me see if I can say it right. Complemented complementarian complementarian view, and that is just like in the creation account of Genesis, uh, that a woman's role is to complement uh, the the their men, and that according to the Bible, the role of elder and the role of, of spiritual leader over men doctrinally is reserved for men. Uh, and, P, and the Bible does say that um, specifically when Paul writes to young Timothy, he says that I don't allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Right. Uh, and so, and so that's the big verse that's, there's, there's a lot of controversy over in our fellowship. I believe, and I'm convicted as well as our leadership is that a woman can hold a, a variety of leadership positions in the church. They just simply can't be a pastor. And we do have an amazing array of godly women that serve amazing ways and um, I'm, I'm also, uh, I, I also believe that women can teach the Bible. I believe that women can share spiritual truths. I believe that women can lead devotionals uh, with men present. I believe that women can teach with men present. For example, at a women's conference, or, or excuse me, a marriage conference, uh, Marie and I taught together. And as Marie was teaching, she, there were men present uh, and she was speak, speaking the truth, but she wasn't taking a place of authority over men. Uh, neither was she fulfilling uh, a place of pastoral leadership. She was simply teaching from the word and giving her perspective from where she is in the marriage. And so a lot of times this gets to be a very emotional argument because you're like, well, you know, men can, women can do everything that men can do. Um, we all know that that's not entirely true, just like men can't do everything that women can do. Um, yeah. Even though our culture is really pressing with scientific technology to try to make it possible, it's just not possible. It wasn't God's will uh, for men to have babies, for example. Um, I know there's some weird stuff going out there right now where that's happening in some sort, some way. I don't replacing, you know, it's not even worth talking about, but that's some weird stuff in the scientific realm right now. But that's not God's way. That's not God's desire or design or his creative purpose. So I would, for my family, choose not to be in a church where women were pastors. But at the same time, I don't stand in judgment over them. Uh, I believe they need to live with their convictions and they need to do what God, what they believe God's called them to do. And God has used women over the years. You know, if I'm listening to Kay Arthur, I don't turn, you know, if if I hear her on the radio or I see a video, I don't turn her off and go, oh, thou art a woman, you may not teach me. I, I can receive Bible teaching from a female with, without knowing, with fully knowing that she's in no way attempting to take authority over me. She's not leading a church. She's teaching the Bible. Um, I just need to do with women what I do with men, and that is take everything that's said and test it by the Word of God. Uh, and and in our culture, you know, really, this is just be, this is a cultural thing. This is a Western Church cultural thing um, that, unfortunately, has been become so emotional. Like if we say that if the Bible, if we teach what the Bible says, then somehow we're being discriminatory toward women, and that's just simply not true. 
Um, my, my wife is so much stronger and, uh, and, and has so many wonderful attributes that are way better than me. And I have no problem admitting um, her value. Uh, but equally, we're, we're still just humans before the sight of the Lord. So she's no better than me, and I'm no better than her. Yeah, I hear that. Like people say, well, you know, God's no respect of persons and this and that. But I do feel convicted and believe that there are different rules for men and women to play. But I really love this lady's teaching. But at the same time, I don't want to be sinning against God by saying if she does become a pastor, even though her husband is really teaching right now or, or preaching, what have you. So I guess that's just something I got to besides, you know, if I'm going to leave or not. It is going to be emotional, because I, you know, I've been going to the Bible study for a couple of years now, but I, well, I appreciate your perspective on that. Um, and I, I, I do think... Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I would just say in, in the heart of dialogue, because I don't, I don't like the idea of having to cut off relationships or anything because of these things, so I'm hoping you don't have to. I'm hoping that's not what happens, that the gal gets so offended, and how could you believe that? But um, because the 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 emphasis is upon the person making the statement, um, and the um, the emphasis is well, where do you see in the Bible that this is directed by God? Where do you see in the Bible that this is authorized by God? Not man. We'll get to man later, but where in the Bible? And because the Bible is very clear that women are are used all throughout the scriptures, whether it's worship leaders or prophetesses or leaders of countries or nations. Uh, deaconesses in the church where high levels of servanthood and oversight, uh, Titus 2 teaching other women, teaching kids they're, they're like everywhere in the Bible, um, the value of a woman is said, but where does it where, where does it teach and where has it been modeled in the scriptures, where is the model to follow um, that an elder, lead elder um, you know, pastors um, really um, that place of leadership, overseer, bishop, presbyteros, uh, where is that in the scriptures that says this is God's will? And and they won't be able to say that. They'll only, right. they'll this, only be able... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and this person has definitely had a hard time over it. Um, she just recently got a new Bible, and she had it engraved, and she's like, I, you know, I felt so convicted, I just, they just put minister. So now I really need to go back and change it because I just feel so led that he wants to be a pastor. So it just kind of happened recently. But she, I think she realizes, too, that what she's saying is more like, like you were saying about the culture. She feels like it's just like traditional, that traditionally we're just so used to not having women being pastors. But it def, I, you know, I just believe she's convicted as well. But we'll see. I mean... I, mean, she might yeah, I, I really do think it's I really do think it's a great conversation because if she does make the point where it's just cultural then 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 really make the point you know it's okay make the point because Paul when he writes this is an interesting it's an interesting passage but when he writes um, let me find it here it's second Timothy first Timothy 212 he says um, I do not permit a woman to teach or have an, have authority over a man but to be in silence. And then in order to prove his point, in verse 13, he doesn't appeal to culture. He appeals to the creative order. He says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And a lot of people come here and say, well, that was just a cultural statement. 
Uh, indeed, Paul is speaking to a group of people. He's speaking to Timothy for a particular um, time in history, but when he makes this biblical point, he doesn't appeal to the culture. He appeals to the creative order of God in Genesis. So uh, you've got another question, so hang on. Um, okay. We're, we're going to put you on hold, and we just got a minute or two of a break, and I'll take your next question, okay? You're listening right. to Calvary Live. Uh, we got a call from Baltimore, Maryland. It's good to have uh, you guys listening in on Hope FM, Truth FM. We just got about a minute or so break, and then we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live with Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. You're listening to Calvary Live. If you're just joining us, Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, online, uh, whatever you have, in or in order to um, in order to grow in God's grace and knowledge, three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Taking your calls and your questions. All right, we are going to go back to Baltimore and. Tina had a second question. So, Tina, what do you got? Yeah. Um, first, I want to say thank you for all that information you gave the other caller about the depression and anxiety. It kind of got the tail end of that. I know you mentioned about a person by the name of Margaret, and this was Asher. I was wondering if I could get those names again. I can, yeah, because somebody texted me and asked for that again. Um, both books have the word depression in them. And one is a pamphlet, and the woman's name is Margaret Ashmore, A-S-H-M-O-R-E. And then the other, yeah, the other one is by Welch, W-E-L-C-H. Great, thank you. Um, You're welcome. That was part of my prayer request, but you kind of covered it all with that last caller, and I, I was taking in that prayer request for myself as well and the social anxiety and depression. And so my other question would be kind of quick, and then I do have a quick prayer request um, other than the other one. Um, the, the learning Hebrew, how would you suggest the best way of learning Hebrew? I don't know if you've ever tried learning it. Well, one of them, one of the ways I would be, and I went to look, but I'm not too familiar with the area there, is to find a local seminary in your community, a, a legitimate seminary. Not all seminaries are are um, biblical or conservative. So I would uh, I would definitely pick a find a seminary in your community that is um, reliable and and loyal to the Bible, not liberal. Uh, and and then find out what it costs to audit a class, not take a class, but just audit it. Uh, which means you get all the same instruction, you get all the same opportunity in classroom, and uh, you don't have to pay as much because you're not getting credit for it. Okay, because I would imagine it would be better going in person than on, online. I did sign up for something with an interactive 
Hebrew trainer, it looks like it's going to be fun, but it's very basic. And I just need, I want to start off with the basic, basic work, but then go into some type of, I guess, classroom setting. But yeah, I would you. definitely I, find a, a, a seminary that's within driving distance. Uh, like if you were here in town, the Denver seminaries on the west side of town, it's reliable and trustworthy and would be a great place to audit a Hebrew class because it's a very challenging language, uh, extremely challenging to learn, especially if you're not uh, living in, you're not immersed in it. Um, you know, being immersed, like going to move to Israel and being immersed in it would accelerate your opportunity to learn it, but it's a very difficult language to learn. But that's that's what I would do. Okay, perfect. And then, um, if you don't mind, a very question. Where I'm working, I'm, I've been there about 15 years right now, and I'm just kind of restless in my spirit, and I know there's some things going on maybe with my position in the future, and we're just extremely swamped. But I'm just, I really um, would love for prayer in God's direction of what I should do if I should go elsewhere, or go elsewhere even in the agency. And there's a lot of changes going on, some that I just, really unsettled with. Uh, so if you can just pray, pray for me, please, about that. Okay, let's do that. Father, we, uh, we know that there's, there's a lot going on in my sister's heart, um, whether it's uh, the friend she has in Bible study, um, her desire to grow in understanding the original languages uh, of, of the Old Testament. Um, as some Jews say, that, the, that they believe Hebrew will be the language of heaven. Uh, and also at work, God, it's all happening at the same time. All coming, uh, all coming around, you know, at the same time, um, looking at this piece and that piece and this piece and just being overwhelmed, God. Would you give her wisdom? Uh, would you speak to her? Uh, would you lead her and guide her? Uh, would you strengthen her? Uh, would you build her up in your grace? And, and especially, you know, with a 15-year investment in a company or in a place, Lord, that you would t truly speak to her. Whatever the restlessness is, would you reveal what it is so that she might take the right actions to honor you and to glorify your name? Because sometimes you do give us restlessness to move on, but other times you give us restlessness to wake up uh, and to stick around and to be awakened to a new circumstance and a new way of seeing things. So whatever it might be, I pray you'd strengthen her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, amen. Do you by chance have an an app or, you know, um, a Bible study app or anything like that? Or do you, do you recommend going online and listen to um, your sermons? Yeah, we do have an app. Uh, if you go to your, uh, if you go to the app store you use and put in the words Calvary and then Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And that's a Bible study app? Yeah, that has all the studies we've ever taught here and all kinds of information. Um, that's available to help you study, and it also connects in with our website. And but yeah, you can take that on the on the road with you and watch live. And I've taught through um, every all the books of the twenty six books of the New Testament and like nineteen of the Old Testament. So I'm not quite finished, but I'm getting there. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, and God bless you, Pastor Ed. Okay, Tina. God bless you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. 303-690-3000. Ah, Rosa in Westminster. Rosa, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, um, I appreciate your patience with uh, with each one of us that you take a call huh. and 
So I, I didn't mind waiting. I just I just appreciated that. Oh, right sure she, you know, she was well, she was blessed with all that info. Um, but I have a question for you, Pastor, or even if you could just give see if you can give it to me. I know okay. I've read this. I go through the Word of God at least once a year, and I know it hasn't been. I I was I was I know there's a scripture where it says that um, it took. It took the children of Israel when they came out of is out of Egypt um, forty years to get to the promised land, but it would have taken them eleven days. And I know I've read it just like that that it says it would have taken them eleven days, and and it took them forty years to get to the promised land. And I've been looking and looking and looking through it all all day today, and I thought, well, I haven't found it yet, so I thought, well, I'm not trying to take a shortcut. But I was wondering if you could help me with that. You know, there there isn't a passage of Scripture that speaks of it being 11 days. Okay. Uh, it does, you know, we, we round it up to... Okay. We round up the number f- for the years to 40, but it was a little bit over 39. But we 40 is kind of the round number of of the wilderness wandering. or the And, and the way that you come to the 11-day journey is the... The reality of the um, of where you would map out on a map a kind of a straight line if they would have taken a straight straighter line than they did and See, you I, divided I, I that. Found, I found something in Deuteronomy chapter one where it goes where it says, um, "Yeah, uh, it says in two it says there are eleven days to journey from Hebron to, but I I just." I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I have. Um, yeah, let me get to, let me just make sure, because I've got a Deuteronomy reference too, but okay. let me go to one. These are the words. It's 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Came to pass in the 40th year and 11th month on the first day of the month uh, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel. So let me just double check if that is a good reference to use. I remember using it myself in, uh, let's see, Moses Farewell, 40, uh, Kadesh Barnina would be the border of the Promised Land. It's not not on the other side. So 11 days would be Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2. You found it. That's what I was thinking, that that was the right one, because but I wasn't sure, and I thought, had I did I read it out of a different version? I, I don't think so, but but that that, that is, kind of explains the eleven days what they are. That's the you found the answer, um, Deuteronomy okay. chapter one verse two. That's fantastic. Okay, okay, Pastor. Well, that was my question, and well, thanks for asking. Okay, thank you for uh, helping me. All right, you're welcome. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You know, I was thinking uh, in my own mind uh, that because I've used that number, but I never referenced where it was. So now I'm not going to forget. I am not going to forget Deuteronomy chapter one verse two. I mean, I might forget it, but now because of uh, Rosa uh, calling in and and pointing me to Deuteronomy, um, I mean, the Bible is so incredible. You always learn something new, even if you learned it before. Uh, Because we've studied through Deuteronomy. So, okay, okay. so we're going to... 
We're going to wait. Well, we got one call on, but while we're waiting to get to you, I'll get to you in just a second, Katie. Don't hang up. I just want to check something because I have taught uh, in Deuteronomy chapter one. I've already taught through it many, many years ago, and I'm going to see what I wrote in my notes because it's been many years, so I will find it, but uh, I may not be able to do it for the show because I want to get I want to make sure I get Katie here. Katie, welcome to the program from Galena, Maryland. Is that a right pronunciation? Yes, sir. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the program. Hi. I have a family member um, that has uh, damaged the whole family, like, you know, a ripple through the water. Uh, There's been drugs involved. In, In that came a lot of stealing extreme deceit, uh, all all types of things that has affected all of our family. Um, The problem is that, uh, you know, I suspected all of that before it came to light. And when it came to light, uh, this person claimed to be a godly person. He was changed. It went on and on. I could not uh, forgive, meaning... Um, I did not want to associate with him, and I didn't, um, okay. for the most part, with still trying to, um, you know, still see my other family members who chose to, you know, believe in him. Um, okay. As it turns out, after years, we went through the same suffering all over again with an even more horrific uh, whole thing of what had been going on, that everyone else trusted him, but I didn't. So that's been two times in years. He's once again um, saying he's in church, he's a changed man. I personally, personally, I do not want to associate with him. I do not go out of my way to talk badly about him. I don't say anything to other family members who are close to him and are okay. very trusting of him. I so let's personally go ahead and let's, do not let's want a relationship. Pause. Is that okay? okay? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let me ask you a question. Is the reason you don't want any relationship with him is because you're hurt and mad at him? Is I'm it very because... hurt and I'm mad, but the deal is he will not and has refused to apologize to me. Okay, um, and so... he still lies about okay. the situation that he's in. I know this. He knows I know this. And for that reason, he really dislikes me. I cannot handle it anymore emotionally on my part. So I have taken the stance of I pray he's on the up and up. I pray he gets out of all of this. I pray he truly is um, trying to be a more godly person and and walk a straighter path with God. I hope that's true, but I got to tell you that in my gut, I don't think so. Let's walk through through some principles. Have distanced myself. Is that okay? It's not okay. So some of the ways you describe is not okay. However, some of the ways that you describe are okay. So let's talk through these things. But but because of the delay on the on the phone call, uh, go uh-huh. ahead and let me finish. Let me finish first, and then you can respond. Because otherwise, we'll talk over each other. Okay. Okay. 
So let's let's think some things through. Number one, you've been really hurt and taken advantage of some by someone, and that that definitely leads to um, great pain and anger and frustration and all sorts of other emotions that would naturally cause a person to say, "I don't want to be treated like that anymore," and I want to st- stand my ground and wait for change in the other person. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, to not present yourself to be hurt again to not present yourself to be taken advantage of again. Um, there are definitely some truths in that, number one. Number two, um, the idea of agape love of God is taking a risk on our parts to be hurt again uh, because that's where true love finds its, its root and true love finds its root where we love believes all things, hopes all things, and you never want to lose that toward this guy. Whatever the, this family member, whatever the future relationship look like, you don't want to lose, and, and you can jot it down in your notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 describes for us what God love looks like. Now third, uh, the third thing I want you to consider is, is that there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And so our obligation toward those that hurt us, use us, spitefully speak about us, gossip about us, whatever it might be, in your case, steal from you, lie about you, hate you. Our obligation is to forgive them every single time they do it, to release them of their debt toward us in biblical forgiveness. And the reason why we we can forgive is because we remember how rotten we are before the sight of God and how much he's forgiven us. And so you never want to lose your, your, the soft heart that you have toward God and this person. As a matter of fact, this is what, the, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, listen to this. These are, these are um, revolutionary words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. He says, Jesus is teaching us, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies... Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, so you might be sons of your Father in heaven, um, because God makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. Uh, You never want to lose that, my sister, because when you do, then someone else's sinful actions actually are ruining you, and you don't want that. And then one final thought, and I'll let you respond um, to, to these, and that is, There is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And when a person refuses to repent and a person refuses to change their behavior, it is very difficult, if if at all impossible, to have a relationship with them. And so as you sort these things through, you're right. It's going to be hard to have a relationship with them, but you don't want to lose the idea that you want one under the right circumstances. You never want to lose that. But I mean, if he's refusing to admit He's repeating the same behavior. Uh, he is, you know, blaming it all on you. It's hard to have a relationship with a person like that. So, with all that in mind, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that uh, what you were saying about how you know it damages it damages you into what you're trying to do in your own life is you know exactly that. I I uh, I do not wish him bad. I just simply have made my personal choice that I don't want uh, because, you know, he has said 
to people that I love. He is, you know, putting me down. He knows I know. He knows that I know what is going on. And because of that, uh, he is presenting himself in, in one way. But what he does is he does cast blame on me. Um, and the thing is, it's because, you know, he knows. He has not apologized. Um, I, have, I have done nothing wrong to him, um, and I won't, you know, uh, because he's close to people that I love. I need, I, <laughs> I want him to uh, become better. But, well, with everything I shared with you, don't lose hope, okay? Don't lose hope that God would work okay in his life. But it is okay for me not to want a relationship with him until enough time has co- gone by for him to prove himself where I can feel right about him. Is there, that there are definitely, okay? There are definitely fruits of repentance that would be needed and definitely uh, uh, an opportunity. But here's, I, I'm, I just hear something in your voice that I don't want to let go because I don't, the answer is not as simple as you think. I'm, I'm going to say again, it is not okay to have a hard heart toward him. And it's not okay to not want a relationship with him. It's not the heart of God. So I can't say... Well, I can't have say, a relationship with someone who well, let me, let me absolutely finish. Let me finish. will not... Uh, I know, but let me finish. Let me finish because there's a part of what you're saying that is accurate. And I'm, I, I'm trying to... I'm trying to nuance this to you so that you protect your heart because you're right. There will be boundaries around your relationship with him until there's a change on his part. You're right. And that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting to see. But in the meantime, I have to distance myself um, until I see that change before I step back into want a further relationship or for him to make the move to say, you know, uh, to make me feel like things have changed. I need time uh, to see that uh, because I've been right all along about this person. Well, I'm I'm going to say too that... he is very close to people I love, and that scares me because they believe in him because they have the blind trust. In any relationship even though I don't know the difficulty, and this is going to be hard for you to hear, but in any relationship, you are not perfectly right. You, right. You need gotcha. to understand that. When you guys meet at the table, there might be a way, you know, if there were scales, you know, when you, there might be, you know, you there might be a heavier thing of all the sin that he's committed, but our right. response, you know, we're not perfectly right. We've made mistakes too. We're all imperfect. We all have... You know, even if it's just in our thoughts and our mind. No, I, you know, the, I absolutely know that. that I'm not and, saying I am. And so, I'm just well, saying but, but, that but in you this particular say, thing, uh, but it's, you did say it's you been were, really, you didn't do any, really tough. You, you did say that you didn't do anything wrong. You did say that. And that's why I'm responding to you because I, I don't want your heart to get hard. That's the whole point. That's all I'm, I'm you're right. There's going to be distance until there's a change. But I don't want you to use that distance and that time of waiting to nurture bitterness and anger and offense. No, no, I've I've let that go. Um, Uh, That's been a really uh, a wonderful thing. And being able to just, you know, hand this over to God and hope that it works out. 
Um, well, that's good. It's been let a me pray for you. And to uh, let go of it because it's eating me up alive, and I, I just couldn't do it anymore to have a relationship until I can see the change. You know that I've, I, you know, I, I need, I need time to go by and see change. And oh, fantastic. Let me pray for you, Lord. I pray for you. I pray for Katie. Um, I don't know everything that's going on for sure, and uh, can only speak to what I hear. And even where I'm wrong, Lord, I pray that you would use our time on the radio and the ministry of your Holy Spirit to be with Katie and the pain that she's feeling and the things that she's going through. Uh, Would you strengthen her, God? And I pray for this relationship. I mean, which one of us listening into this show doesn't have a relationship here or there that needs healing and reconciliation and repentance? God, would you move in a powerful way that you might get all the glory in Jesus' name? Amen. Thanks, Katie. We're going to go right to line one, and Carla is calling in Aurora. Carla has a response for Katie. Welcome to the program, Carla. Hey, Carla, you're on the air. All right, I don't think we have Carla. Let's go to Travis in Denver, Colorado. Travis, welcome to the program. Hmm. I don't have anyone on the air. 303-690-3000 is the number. I might have lost them both. Uh, Try again. You want to hit line two for me? Travis, are you still with us? I don't hear anything on my end if Travis is talking. (laughs) 303-690-3000. We're almost at the end of the show, so... Um, that's okay with all the buttons and, uh, things going on. It's okay. Um, but if you can get me one of those, just tell me who you're going to put on the air and I will, Travis, are you with us? I'm sorry, bro. I don't hear anything. 303-690-3000. I did hear, um, I did hear Katie and uh, Marilyn. No problem though. Uh, 303-690-3000, taking your calls and questions, but you know we're almost up at the end of the show here. we only got a minute or so. Uh, we're at Bible study tonight. Um, again, we're in the book of 2 Kings, uh, looking at uh, the kings of Israel and Judah, and just learning how God wants to use that section of the Scripture to apply it in our lives today. It's a fascinating study, uh, just learning about the heart of God and, and what He has for us what he wants to accomplish in us, uh, what um, what do you have, um, what do you have, what do you have to say to us, God? And that's just the burden. God, what do you have to say to me? What do you want us to grow in your grace and knowledge? How, how do you want us to, to live our lives? Uh, we didn't have a chance to uh, get into it today, but what do what, I mean, think about this? Um, maybe the next time I'm hosting the show, uh, you will will be able to call. But um, what do you think about fasting from Facebook? What do you think that would do for you? Fasting from Facebook. Um, I haven't been on Facebook since I think last September, October. So it's almost a year, and I cannot tell you. How wonderful and beautiful it has been for me. Not seeing all the political things, not reading all the snipers and the trolls that like to 
to say bad things and gossip on Facebook. Uh, even those that want to argue and fight with me on Facebook, I don't see any of that stuff. It's beautiful. It's glorious. It's wonderful. Uh, I live without a a sense of um, of any of that burden. Um, and I just gave advice to a friend of mine today to get off of Facebook just to try it. Um, and I'm going to give you that advice too. No matter no matter no matter what, um, just try it. Maybe it's not in any negative thing at all for you. You would be listening to me. Oh, well, I don't have any problem with Facebook. Maybe you don't. But what if you gave that time to the Lord? What would it do? Well, I already give time to it. What if you gave a little bit more? What if it was just a new habit of staying focused on him or a new habit of checking uh, the word before Facebook or whatever, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that the next time I host. So um, I look forward to it. And, and we don't all have to agree. That's the other thing. You know, that's... Facebook is just, it's made a bunch of arguers out of people. Like we always have to argue everything. We don't have to argue everything and still don't have to agree. Um, you know, we don't have to agree. It's okay if we don't agree. Um, we don't have to kill each other and beat each other up and tear each other down because we don't agree. I don't know why um, there's such a nastiness in our culture today. Just nasty. And it's not just political. Uh, the spiritual realm of uh, the church is filled with nastiness and uh, at any rate we'll do that next time uh, if I remember if I don't remind me we'll uh, be right uh, we'll be back next time God bless you guys see you at church tonight been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.